with everyone this morning. Let's stand together. Oh, God, the service today with this wonderful hymn. Great is thy faithfulness. Aren't you thankful for the greatness
is in Luke 17, 17, were there not ten that were cleansed? But where are the nine is what I want to look at. Where there should have been ten voices that are crying out, praising God and giving Him thanksgiving and glory. I only hear one voice. Where twenty hands should have been lifted up and giving God glory and praise, I see only two hands that are in the air. And it begs the question, where in the world are the nine? But you know, I thought about it, and it's really not that much different back then as it is now because we still have the same issue today. If, if you go to any worship service across America, you name the church, you pick it, you choose. It doesn't matter who the pastor is. It doesn't matter who the worship leaders are. But when you go to that church, you are going to find that there are always going to be some that are going to worship. There are some that are going to praise. There are some that are going to show up and have a thankful and grateful heart just to be in the presence of God. I mean, when we think about coming into God's presence, there ought to be something that overwhelms us in our flesh that says, my goodness, I am going to be with the King of Kings and, and the Lord of Lords today. I am going to be in His presence. I am going to see what He has to say to me. I'm going to go and He is going to touch me. He's going to change my life. There is something in the, the human side of us, the, the spirit that rises up in this flesh that says, my goodness, you ought to give Him glory because He is simply worthy of that glory. But we can go to any church across America and we find that half the people are in that mode while half the others are not truly expressing praise or thanksgiving to God. So if we had a crowd of two or three hundred in the sanctuary, two hundred voices should be heard praising God. Four hundred hands should be lifted, giving not only their hands but their hearts to Him. Two hundred hearts should be overwhelmed with praise and thanksgiving. But see, in this story, I understand that that is not always the case. But shouldn't it be the case? Shouldn't it be the case that we have been blessed? I mean, when God touches us and when God blesses our family and when God gives us gifts that we don't deserve, wouldn't you think it would be a natural response that we would simply want to thank Him for it? You remember growing up, you remember when you got gifts? I don't know how this generation is, but in my generation, you said thank you. Somebody else shout hallelujah. You used to say thank you. I have had to go give a back a gift back before because I refuse to say thank you. That'll teach you as a gift. <laughs> and then the giver always said, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. And then mom would back down and say, you tell them what you're supposed to tell them. I said, thank you so much for this gift. It didn't matter if I liked it or not. It didn't matter if I already, one time I remember I got a gift and I already had one. That's the first time it came out of my mouth. I already got one at least. I wish you got up there and said that. You just thank them and walk on and go about your way. It's like the guy that the lady used to give him a cake all the time and he hated her cakes. And so he'd just throw them out in the window on the way, but he'd thank you when she gave them to him. I mean, you've got to have a heart of Thanksgiving, but what is it in us that just doesn't want to be grateful? In a crowd of two to three hundred, bro, there even be fifty people. Can I find five fifty people in a crowd of two hundred that are really truly in a mode of worship and thanksgiving? Could I find it? You know, it's kind of like Abraham. Whenever we have Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom is about to be destroyed for all of their sins, as you know the story. But Abraham started praying and interceding. And this is exactly what he said. Lord, if you could just find fifty people that are righteous, would you spare the city? Fifty people. This is not out of a hundred or two hundred. This is an entire town, probably of thousands. He says, "If I can find fifty people, Abraham, I'll spare the city." So Abraham goes in increments of five. He doesn't want to make God two hundred. And so he says, "The Lord, you know what? Let's say forty-five. What about forty-five? And God's like, "All right, Abraham. If there's forty-five, he goes on and says, 40, another increment of five. And this thing's going good. I mean, when you got momentum on your side, baby, you better just keep on going with it." I mean, kids, if you got something to ask your parents, if they're in a good mood, just go to town and lay it all on the line. Don't wait the next week. Now's your moment to shine. 
increments of 10. If you, what about if we can find 30? God said yes, 30. What if we can find 20? God said yes. And praise said, God, please don't be angry with me, but I'm just going to ask one more time. If you can find 10 people that are righteous, will you spare the city? Do you know the saddest part of the story? There were not even 10 righteous people that God could find in the entire town and they ended up getting killed firing Well, 
because at every leper colony, I've got a rich man over here sitting right beside a poor man right there. When you read in the Bible, it doesn't matter if you're a king or if you're a general of an army. There's a guy by the name of King uh, Naaman. You'll recall the story of King Naaman. It best illustrates the unbiased touch of leprosy because he comes down with leprosy in 2 Kings chapter 5. The Bible said he was a mighty man of war or a warrior, but he was a leper. There is a servant girl in the story that said, Master, if you could just get to that guy named Elisha, you could be healed. And so they sent money before them and pride presents and thought, well, we'll just buy our way to a healing. And you know money can't buy healing. If it could, nobody would die, would they? We'd be giving our whole retirement just to live. We would, we would. If money could buy it, we would give it all away just so we could live. That's how much we value our lives. But here in this story, the Bible said he gets to Elisha. And Elisha said, oh, no, 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 this money, this is crazy. You don't want any of that. You don't need, I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to go to the Jordan and you need to give seven times. It's the money, Jordan. It doesn't make any sense. Why would I do that? I'm a king. Why should I? I thought the Bible said that Naaman got angry at the man of God because he told him, you got to go give me this dirty Jordan. In one text, he said it this way. Something along the lines that I thought you would just wave your hand over me and heal me. He thought it was just a simple, in the name of Jesus, be healed now. But God said, no, you're going to have to get dirty on this one. You go down there and you get seven times. But when he came up, guess what? His skin is soft as a baby. God took care of his lips. When I look at the word leprosy, it is a type of, a biblical type of sin. Sin places everyone on common ground. It doesn't matter if they're high class or lower class sinners. It doesn't matter. There's no subdivisions when it comes to sin. We are all in the same category. We are two walking dead men as long as we allow sin to reign in our life. It's in James 1. He said, then when lust has conceived, it, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is finished and full grown and mature, it brings forth Death. In Ezekiel 18, he said, the soul that sinned, surely it shall die. So in other words, sin will literally eat away all the good in our life if it is left untreated. Somebody has got to deal with the sin problem, or the sin problem will consume us and devour us. Watch this, watch this. There was no known cure for leprosy. There's no doctor that has a medication he can give you outside of a miracle from God. And I want to tell you today that there is no known cure for sin today except for Jesus Christ. It is a miracle of grace. I can't handle my sin problem. I can't go to a psychiatrist and talk away my sin problem. I've got to go to Jesus. He is the only cure for the leprosy that gets in our lives. We've got to take care of the sin problem. Oh, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father, but by me, Jesus is the cure for lepers. So now, in short, you see the plight, the mess, the situation that the lepers are in. But next, I need you to notice their plea. Every leper, every leper throughout the Bible was required to walk around and cry out one word. Anybody know what it is? I'm clean! If y'all start calling her that, I'm going to tell you to go get a bath. I'm clean! I'm coming through and I'm unclean! It is a warning for everyone in the distance that can hear their voice. What they're saying to them is keep your distance. I am a leper. The sound of these these words are ringing very loud. It's like a relentless spell sounding a death warning. I've got leprosy and I am going to die. Move, get out of my way unless you want this too. Right? Isn't it amazing that some people that have skin issues and leprosy, they got spots all over them they won't deal with. Isn't it amazing? They don't try to move people out the way. They try to get them to partner with them in their sins. Don't everybody shout at once you're wrong on message. 
Do not go with them. They, there's some people they just like to get other people involved in their mess. I, I'm not going to preach on that. <laughs> For every one bush crying unclean, there is a thousand others who say, stay away, stay away, stay away. Little Johnny, run. Go to the house, baby. He's on the way. You know, sometimes we act like we're scared of sinners like that. Let me tell you something. It ain't going to kill you to shake your hand and say, hey, how are you today? You ain't going to catch some dreaded disease just because you say, hey, man, it's good to see you in church today. The Pharisees in their little face circle, religious spirit, was afraid of the sinner, and they said, why does Jesus sit and eat with them? Because they are making him un. The government has said 
Because one man returned, while the other nine went their way. Are y'all still with me? I'm not on that sign. I'm not on that petition. But I can tell you something. That means 10% showed up to say, thank you, Jesus, for what you did. 90% never even said that is a staggering statistic. I can deal with the story if there are nine people and 90% went back and said, God, I've got to give you glory. I can't believe you were the miracle of my life. I, I thought I was going to die. Thank you, Lord. I can deal with my sermon better today if instead of asking this question, I am asking, where's the one at? I can deal with it if 10% didn't go and 90 did. But in our story, it slipped. 90% of the people did not even show up. How reflective is this of Christians today? Most have the faith to pray, but they lack the faith to praise. Our prayers have become so selfish that when we pray, we pray, Lord, I need. Lord, I want. Lord, would you please do this? Lord, would you please? Oh, don't look at me like I'm preaching in a foreign language. You know I'm right. You know I'm right as I've ever been. We get in this mentality just take, 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 take. I mean, isn't that what God's for? Isn't that what Jesus does? I mean, isn't he supposed to heal me when I'm sick? Isn't he supposed to? I mean, doesn't he kind of just owe it to me? We can get in this mindset, and my God, help us that is not the right mindset. We're good with our petitions, but we are weak on our prayers. I'm going to say that again because that was so good somebody needs to hear. I said we are strong in our petitions. We are great at making requests. We are very weak at actually giving God the praise and thanksgiving and the glory that he deserves after he has answered our prayers. Instead of going back saying, man, i got to tell God thanks for that. We just get back to our wish list. Oh, man, that's awesome. Number two, Lord, I is this not the epitome of what we have become as Christians? Is this not the epitome of what our prayer lives have begun to take a morph and a shape to? That we think this is the natural way to do it. We need an attitude of gratitude. Listen to me, folks. The Bible said you're rooted and built up in Him. He says that you will abound in thanksgiving. In Colossians, He said, let the peace of God rule your heart. He said he's called you in the one body. That's the church. He told us, and be thankful. Ephesians 5, 20. He said, give him thanks. How often? Always. For what? All things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Give thanks to me always. What does that even mean? That means if I got my wish list out and God didn't answer prayer number one. Thank you, Jesus. Because sometimes when God says no, we don't realize it, but it's really good that he did that. Like the songwriter wrote one time, I just gotta thank God for the unanswered prayers. Because sometimes some of the prayers I thought I wanted answered, I thank God today he didn't answer. Be thankful always for all things. Listen to me. Ingratitude is a sin, ladies and gentlemen. When we become ungrateful, we have sinned. I'm going to close with the scripture. Romans 1, 19. He said they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see His invisible qualities. Is everybody still with me? That means I can see God, 
But I see my goodness. I see the works of God. I see it in creation. I see it in the birds. I see it in the grass. I see it in the trees. I hear it on my dull barks. I see that God made everything. I see his qualities in this body, his eternal power in the divine nature. So they, listen, they have no excuse for not knowing God. He's saying, you know who God is. And then he said, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. So they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused, just like our world is today. They were not thankful and they were not grateful. I'm going to close. Go ahead and start from I'm closing right here. We talked a little bit the other week about the Dead Sea. Does anybody remember that? We talked about fish raining in the desert. Many people are like the Dead Sea because the Dead Sea always takes in, it pulls from other bodies of water. It keeps all kinds of salt content for itself. Watch this. It is always taking in, but the one thing the Dead Sea never does is give out. I can't fish there because there's no fish in there. They're dead, right? It doesn't do anything for me. Now, I wasn't a mall a while back. And I had some farmer, and it's not like he's from India or something. I mean, I mean, I'm just going to be saying, bless his heart. Bless his heart makes everything right in the south, so it's not good. He said, this is coming from the Dead Sea.
Are you the one or are you the nine? Are you the 90% or are you going to be in the 10 percentile group that comes back and says, thank you. Listen to me. Sincere praise. Praise God. Not only for what he's done. I need somebody to praise God for what he's fixing to do in your life. Listen, can I say it this way? I want y'all to have a Thanksgiving week. I want to call it Thanks Living. And what I want you to do one day, I want you to walk around your house. Are you ready for this? And I want you to start thanking God for the things that you see. That's right. Thank you, God, for that washing machine. I sure would hate to have to have a stroke. Lord, I'm a great, great grandma. The only thing I knew about a stroke, Lord, we used to play in church with like a spoon. Horrible sound you ever heard. We thought we were talking about But you've been anointed enough and shouting enough, you don't even care. Listen to me, folks. Thank you, Lord, for that couch. Thank you, Lord, for that refrigerator. I didn't have my, my, my food would spoil. Thank you for that furniture. Oh, and that extra picture. Oh, I'm about to love the garage.
praise the Lord. Do you love Jesus today? Can we give him a hand and clap of praise and thanksgiving? Amen.